I'm at Refettorio off Van Ness Avenue and Fell Street, where a small kitchen crew is putting the final touches on the dinner that will be served in about 20 minutes. An amuse-bouche of baby carrots gets carried out to the tables. Servers have been given their table assignments, and they know what's being served tonight, so they can tell the guests all about it. But this isn't a fine dining restaurant, where a single course has you dropping the big bucks. The diners arriving for this dinner service are families who may not have the chance to regularly eat at a sit-down restaurant, or regularly eat at all. We prepare meals that go to feed food insecure folks. That's Carrie Rogers. She's the co-executive director of Farming Hope. The kitchen staff are re-entering the workforce. They're in training to work in a professional kitchen to help staff up the region's struggling food industry. The training program is called Farming Hope. The kitchen is currently occupied by a member of the cohort, Farming Hope's culinary director, and a kitchen staff member. As part of each cohort's training, they prep, cook, and sometimes help serve the food to families in need. While the families begin to eat, the kitchen is still buzzing with people plating the next dish and doing some cleanup. We try to make those meals, you know, one hour so we can do it with time efficiency, mm -hmm. but with that dignity that comes with someone else taking care of you for a minute. I'm Cynthia Lopez. This week, finding a job as a recent immigrant as someone who's been incarcerated or with unstable housing can be really difficult, but finding work is often also the key to stability. Farming Hope trains individuals to get a job in a kitchen at one of the city's many restaurants. These places are eager to hire so they can bounce back from the pandemic. From the San Francisco Chronicles SF Next Project, this is Fixing Our City. Farming Hope trainees come in with different levels of experience. Some people may know their way around a commercial or even just a home kitchen. Others have never worked in a kitchen. Regardless, when the cohort first gets to work, they all start by doing the same thing, cutting onions. Here's Carrie Rogers again. We all start doing the basics. And it's a paid job training program. So they are paid from day one. And they're working as part of our kitchen from day one. Because there really are so many points of access in a kitchen. There's so much work to be done that really we can use everybody. While she's new to the position, she's not new to the organization, which she's been a part of for nine months. Farming Hope's job training program lasts for 12 weeks. That's comparable to similar programs. But the organization landed on that time frame for a few reasons. First, they noticed that trainees would stop coming to the program after 12 weeks. Second, that correlates to the amount of time someone may have in a shelter. Their funding comes from a variety of sources, most of them philanthropies, including the Roberts Enterprise Development Fund, or REDF. It's an organization that invests in and supports programs like Farming Hope that help disadvantaged people get training to find jobs. REDF president and CEO Maria Kim says Farming Hope is a partner to REDF. The organization went through REDF's accelerator program, which, in short, is a five-month non-residential program for early-stage entrepreneurs. After that, they became a part of our growth portfolio, which is a three-year investment where we're working with an enterprise for that period of time with $300,000 and technical assistance to support them as they grow their businesses. 
And the first part of it is in the kitchen, where the cohort's time is spent moving from prep work to cooking to serving the dishes during family dinners. They also prepare other meals throughout the week, and everyone works for two hours a week in Farming Hope's garden, usually on weekends. The essence of the work is in their name. You know what I mean? Like they're doing this work where people are getting their hands messy and kind of getting into the earth and touching food and building cuisine and bringing communities back around the dinner table. They're literally farming hope. Farming Hope is an employment social enterprise, meaning it provides training to people who are facing some kind of systemic barrier. Here's Carrie Rogers. They may have housing insecurity. They may have been formerly incarcerated. They may have been out of the workforce for a while because they're fleeing their country, immigration issues, seeking asylum, and be unable to work during a long period of time for that reason. And, and other obstacles as well. Like our doors are open for those who are seeking to re-enter the workforce for some reason. Job training is only part of a person's journey towards stability. So everyone who goes through Farming Hope's training program also has an external case manager who helps them access other services to stabilize their lives. Those might be from the city or a different nonprofit. It could even be a probation officer. The vast majority are referred through their case manager. Mm -hmm. We do have some people who hear about us and maybe they don't have a case manager or they aren't currently working with a nonprofit or city services in that way. And with them, we usually recommend that they seek a case manager. Sometimes the majority of a cohort is Spanish speaking, so they rely on each other to learn. That's true in professional kitchen settings, too. So Farming Hope offers bilingual training. There are staff members who speak English and Spanish and help those who are monolingual navigate the bilingual kitchen. Not everybody on staff is fully bilingual, but enough people are that we can offer our program in both languages, both English and Spanish. Mm. Some of our kitchen staff are Spanish monolingual as well. And so we have found a way, like a lot of kitchens, we all figure out ways to communicate. Yeah, mm -hmm. And all of us are on a language journey, right? I'm working to learn more Spanish. We have Spanish speakers who are working to learn more English. And all of us are, are working together to kind of find ways to communicate. As time goes on, each member of the cohort finds their place in the kitchen. It's that sparkle in their eyes as they realize what they really like to do in this environment that fuels Rogers to continue doing this kind of work. One of our apprentices, she just really enjoyed cooking desserts and pastry. So she really gravitated towards that. And I remember her telling me she was doing cream puffs, I think. And she was like, oh my gosh, the first time they just completely, it flopped, it didn't work at all. And I had to, you know, do it a few times until I finally got it right. And then I got it right and it was so thrilling. And so she's really interested in perhaps becoming a pastry chef and going that route. So it's really fun to see how people's interests emerge as they get experience cooking different kinds of food and learning about different aspects of it. From the first day when everyone meets their new co-workers. Okay, we're gonna do uh, an introduction to tell you all about our organization, Farming Hope. To the last day when the cohort graduates 12 weeks later. We are so proud of each of you for, for the hope that you have brought to our organization, to your own lives and to your communities. We're so inspired by each of you. They're guided through getting their food handler card all the way to getting a job. During the first week, everyone is taught how to properly handle knives and kitchen tools safely. A Farming Hope graduate named Henrisha walks me through the steps. 
We're omitting her last name for privacy reasons. She went through the program in 2020. Once COVID happened, Farming Hope switched gears. We were making meals for like the homeless and older people that couldn't come out of their house and stuff like that. Over the course of 12 weeks, Henrisha grew to love being a part of the kitchen and helping the community. She personally understands the struggle of not knowing where your next meal may come from and the importance of feeding someone in need. When we got to start making meals for the homeless, I really realized how much I love to feed people, you know, just to know like people are eating and they're eating good. Because I know like there were times in my past where I wished I had something like that for myself. So to do that for other people, that felt really good. Carrie Rogers, Farming Hope's co-executive director, says the program as a whole follows that model, making sure everyone in the kitchen feels like they have a place to be a part of something bigger. A kitchen is like such a metaphor for the fact that we are all needed, you know, like, and that's something I love. We tell our apprentices, like, you're needed here. You don't just belong here. We need you because you really, when you are, you know, when you're producing a thousand meals a week, like we need everyone doing their part of it. It's like a choreographed dance, you know, this person's chopping the onions, this person's grilling, this person's got stuff in the oven, and then we're all moving through the space together and contributing together. It really feels like it can be a metaphor for how teams collaborate. And they make accommodations for people's schedules. Henrisha was able to take maternity leave and come back and finish out the program once her baby was settled. He's now two years old. Throughout her time with Farming Hope, she says she felt she was a part of something truly special and learned what a good work environment should look like. When I first started working, it was kind of hard for me to get there on time just because I had to catch the bus and I was also bringing my older kids to school and stuff. So they were very lenient with me on time and as far as coming up with a good schedule for me to be able to work that would like benefit me and them, they were really, really cool on that. Even though they're your bosses, they treat you with the same respect that they want to receive from you. So I think that's really key if you want to run like a, any great business, you know. The paid job training program was designed to be part-time. Here's Rogers again. You really have to think about what the experience is for someone who's re-entering the job force. So for a lot of people, it's important to have a time of transition. Some people have childcare responsibilities. Some people have, you know, other responsibilities at home that they have to factor in. Or they may have regular appointments with a parole officer, or they might be be involved in classes, might be getting their GED. They might be involved in AA or overcoming substance use. Mm -hmm. So we designed our program intentionally to be part-time to help accommodate what that transition is for them right now. From the beginning, the staff at Farming Hope guides each member of the cohort to help them understand the importance of their new job skills. They also learn about the opportunities they may have when it comes time to start applying for work outside of the program. More on that after a break. Farming Hope is an employment social enterprise that trains small groups of people to work in a kitchen. These cohorts face some sort of socioeconomic barrier when it comes to finding work. That's where Farming Hope steps in. Carrie Rogers runs the program. We sort of spend the first six weeks just really talking about job skills, job opportunities, just really exploring. And then during the, you know, in the seventh week, then we start working on the resume. So some of our apprentices have resumes already, and then we work to improve it. Others don't have a resume at all. And so we help them create one. And then we start 
talking about where you look for jobs. How do you look for jobs online? How do you look for jobs by just walking through your neighborhood? What are you envisioning in terms of a job? What are your restraints? Like, you know, if you have childcare obligations during certain hours, okay, then you're really looking for a job that's during these hours. Or are you actually in school during the day and you're looking for an evening job? What does the ideal life look like for you? So really helping everyone figure out that dream for themselves of what the ideal job looks like for them. What Farming Hope offers its trainees goes beyond cooking lessons. We have relationships with case managers who work with people who are living in transitional housing, people who are living in reentry housing, people who are seeking asylum or overcoming other immigration issues and are looking to reenter the workforce. Transitional aged youth who are entering the workforce for the first time. So we have a network of all of these different social services. There's actually a percentage of our apprentices who decide at the end that they're not actually interested in a job in the food system, Mm -hmm. but The experience of having that stable, positive work environment has helped them to figure out what it is that they want to do. Just having a place to belong, Mm -hmm. you know, can really matter. So, yeah, we really really care about creating a positive work environment. And so the way it works is that every six weeks we, we email our network and say, hey, do you guys have anyone to recommend to us? And then we do interviews. Farming Hope addresses several different socioeconomic challenges in its program. Trainee chefs feed food insecure people and the homeless. They have to be creative about how they put meals together because the staples they're cooking are reclaimed directly from food distributors. Generally, the food is close to its expiration date, or it just doesn't look good enough to be put on the shelves. But it's still fine to eat. Our chefs are amazing because they really have thought through how you can make really incredible meals and also use the recovered food, and so it's affordable. It just takes a lot of creativity, and it really gives us a big sense of pride to be able to serve that. And for people who are experiencing food insecurity, to be able to have a really beautifully cooked meal can give you such a sense of dignity. It's it's the reason that we we go out to dinner for, you know, for a friend's birthday or for a special occasion because it's such a deeply nourishing and celebratory experience to have a delicious meal. Reducing food waste also comes in handy in the kitchen. Take for example the dinner I was telling you about. The first course is four cheese bacon mac and cheese with a panko topping. The roux for the sauce was made with the bacon fat that was rendered out when it was cooked. So none of it was wasted. The dessert also used some old ingredients that may have been thrown out in another kitchen. Here's Farming Hope's culinary director, Phil Sineski. From a dinner we did last week, we have a lot of white beans that have been soaking in salt water available. So I just uh, put them in regular water with a little less salt, um, soaked them, cooked them, and then I used that as the base for a miso blondie. And then I took the blondie out after like five minutes in the oven, topped it with some white and dark chocolate chips, and then it's a little bit of, of blueberry lime compote to kind of freshen it up. I know using beans for blondie sounds weird, but when I got a taste, there were no beans detected in the dessert. If I hadn't been told that they were a main ingredient, I would have never guessed it. As far as the mac and cheese goes, the cheese pull every time a plate was served was as impressive as the flavors in the dish. Farming Hope trainees get to create their own recipes and share the knowledge they already have with their peers. They even get the chance to make their own dishes for everyone to enjoy while on their journey into the workforce. 
Banana pudding is my favorite dessert, so I chose to make this for everybody. Uh, hope you guys enjoy and you like it. Offering trainees the chance to come up with their own ideas helps create a space for cultural expression through food. It allows farming hope to show the importance of entrepreneurial spirit. If a cook is willing to help create a menu change or suggest a special at a workplace, it could lead to future promotions. In addition to offering training, everyone on staff at Farming Hope has cultivated relationships with local restaurants to help with job placement when the program is over. So we have an incredible staff and we've built up partnerships with certain restaurants, grocery stores, food manufacturing facilities. So we started thinking about our own contacts as well and reaching out and saying, hey, we think we might have someone that would be perfect for your pastry program. Do you guys have any openings? Or, oh, we just heard about an opening for a prep cook over here. You know, what exactly are you guys looking for? So we do a lot of that as well internally to help make introductions and help connect some of the dots and Mm -hmm. see if any of those are a fit. While the main goal of Farming Hope is to train people who would otherwise not be able to receive the same time and attention, they are also helping to fill the gap that has left many places short-staffed. It's no secret that the restaurant industry is still working to recover from the pandemic. Pretty much everything shut down in March 2020 in the hopes of curbing the spread of COVID-19. Take a walk through any neighborhood and you'll see help wanted signs in the windows of restaurants, coffee shops, and even small grocery stores. In 2019, there were more than 31,000 food service workers in the city, according to a Chronicle report. Two years later, that dropped 55% to just over 14,000. Even though now the numbers seem to be going up, food industry workers have been hard to come by. Many changed career paths when the pandemic shuttered their workplaces. By the end of the year, Farming Hope will have 24 graduates. So far, 81% of them have gotten jobs within a few months of graduation. A lot of our apprentices do end up in the food industry, so it's so exciting for us to hear when they get new jobs. And... And the variety of jobs that they have at grocery stores, at high-end restaurants, at pizza restaurant. Some of them, actually, I just just ran into a colleague who saw one of our graduates. He focused primarily on culinary when he was with us. And now he switched to front of house at a pizza place nearby. So it's so fun to hear about their journeys and and there's such enormous variety of of the kinds of things that they end up doing but they do express to us again and again how meaningful the experience was whether they end up in the food industry or not the people who go through farming hope's training program come out the other end with a skill set that will stay with them at graduation they celebrate the contributions everyone made throughout their 4 months in the program One graduating member goes up to sing a song as a final goodbye to her colleagues and teachers. She had spent the last four months singing in the kitchen as she worked. You can learn more about Farming Hope at sfchronicle.com slash sfnext. Fixing Our City is part of the San Francisco Chronicle's SF Next project, where we explore how the city will chart its future and address its biggest challenges. And we want to check out your ideas. Do you have a solution you want the city to pursue? Know someone who's making a difference on an important issue? Send an email to sfnext at sfchronicle.com. You can also DM us on Twitter. We're at sfnext. I'm Cynthia Lopez. Next time on Fixing Our City, we'll revisit an earlier conversation about nightlife. Amsterdam has something called a night mayor 
a person responsible not for bad dreams, but rather a thriving cultural scene after dark. See you next week. Laura Wenis hosts and reports for Fixing Our City. This week, she helped edit the episode. Gary Baca is our sound engineer. King Kaufman is the executive producer. Jonathan Krim is the SF Next project editor. Special thanks to Audrey Brown for helping me with this episode. Read stories by our reporters, check out interactive data breakdowns, and find our podcast archive at sfchronicle.com slash sfnext.